and by the 80s, people were listening to Black Sabbath with their six-year-olds because, oh, it's just Black Sabbath. It's fine. It's fine. Well, they were scared of Slayer. Yeah, but like, that's... But now they sell Slayer onesies for infants. Yeah, you but You can buy Slayer condoms. Yeah. And so you don't have, have to buy a Slayer onesie <laughs> in nine months. Then you have the 90s and 2000s where you have really that, romantic. like, welcome to a cross rock yeah. and you have... There are a lot of podcasts way, meant to give you a story, like, give you expert advice, or to deliver your political ideology in an easily digestible digital pill. Our aim is slightly different. A podcast born out of the pleasure of conversation. We are three friends living on a slowly sinking peninsula, drinking kava, and inviting you to join in on our musings. We try to go with the conversation more than construct the conversation. Our conversations cover current events, technology, politics, art, entertainment, and much more, as points used to expand on our larger theme each week. Sometimes we reach the heights of Socratic dialogue, or we are just talking shit, and of course we repeat ourselves, usually the latter. My name is Adam. My name is Zach. And I'm Casey. This is Across the Aisle. Sometimes we crowd it, sometimes we cross it. So the idea kind of sprang from me thinking about just music in general. A lot of weird things have been going on in the music world. A lot of bands are coming back or doing farewell tours or is what? Okay. Um. So with these bands coming together, I was thinking about it from a historical perspective of like these different genres and how all these different bands have evolved and changed and what that kind of means. And I kind of realized that for me personally, the genres that I tend to see myself gravitating towards are punk and subgenres of punk and hip-hop and subgenres of hip-hop. And I was kind of wondering, like, well, why is that? Because I don't really think of much overlap because I think of the punk movement being very, very white and I think of the hip-hop movement being very, very black. But then when I, like, thought about what I'm aware of of the history of both genres, they have a lot more overlap than any other genres in music that I can think of in, like, the past 50, 60 years just because of the, the motions that they've gone through as starting very counterculture and then moving to be more <clears throat> pop culture and then kind of starting to move a little bit more into that subculture, that counterculture, getting back to the quote-unquote heyday, as some punks would say. So, and I know people here, we have we have a guest here to help me kind of <laughs> articulate the historical point. Uh, again, Steven. Hello. But I know, Adam, you're very into punk and you like a lot of underground hip-hop from what I've listened to in the car with you. Yeah, I, I like punk and hip-hop both quite a bit. Um, punk music, like, I don't know, is one of the earlier loves of mine. Uh, formed a lot of ideas and, like, branched off from a lot of punk music. I don't listen to a lot now. Subgenres are things inspired by yeah. punk, um, of course. But, yeah, I mean, I think it, the connection there historically and culturally is pretty significant um and i don't know um i think they both have some tr- like strong transracial elements too um they do espe- i don't know especially in memphis the punk community had a decent amount of black people in it um, because memphis is predominantly a black, black city yeah. um so you know that makes sense yeah, but that also seems to be an outlier from the pop perspective of both genres. Oh, it's what I mean. Yeah, like, no, I, I agree with you are, for sure. There are plenty of... It's the underground where that survives, yeah, which there, is probably always... There are plenty of black punk bands and plenty of black 
black metal bands. Oh, oh yeah, how much yeah. black metal bands? Um, wait, black death, black metal bands? No, 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 black death metal bands. I just <laughs> said black twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people don't really think about that unless you actively listen to the music and you know about the bands and you see who opens up. And it's kind of a similar thing with hip hop. You start to see more white like rappers in the past like twenty years. What do you apparently feel about there's, that? There's like, apparently there's like a big um, metal scene coming out of like Africa. Yeah, you know? South Africa. 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 Yeah. Oh, South, yeah. That's what oh, I was wow. thinking. South Africa. Yeah, it's, they have it's, a very big pocket of death metal, and it's mm-hmm. just entirely just like black musicians who just really liked it. They heard it, yeah, and they were like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this," and then they started doing this. And After the show, yeah, I want to. You got to show me something. That's very interesting. <laughs> I think yeah. that like a lot of um, when it comes to music, it, it's a lot of things that started in certain communities have been basically once they get popular it's like oh and they get co-opted you guys can't listen to it anymore and then it becomes like a self-fulfilling thing it's like growing up i listened to a lot of different kinds of music i I loved uh, mostly rock music my freshman year of college all i listened to was metal you know and um it's always been like well why do you listen to that kind of music i'm like because i like it like is there any other reason for me to do anything but how much limp biscuit did you listen to I didn't really listen to a lot of Limp Bizkit, honestly. You didn't listen to good music. I didn't. I mean, like, I I listened to a little Limp Bizkit, like, meet some of the popular stuff, but, but then again, I, got, I was one of those dudes that, like... At a certain point, like, we all listened to yeah, 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 I, was one of those, to. I was one of those dudes Shit, that, like... I saw him live before Faith dropped as a single. Oh, God. You know, I, yeah. One of those things were, like... From Florida. You, like, the... What's the name of the, um, the subscription service? Columbia Oh, Columbia House, House. Stuff oh, like that. I got so many seats. I'm like, I always like would wait till they got like a freaking like, oh, it's this many seats for a penny. And then I'd pay like shipping and I'd cancel. So I had all these, I'd like lick a, a song from a band and I'd get the, the album and oh, then yeah. I realized that I didn't really like the album. But I discovered a lot of neat bands that way. And um, yeah. Yeah, this, I listen to a lot of rock music. So, like, coming of age, that rock was your thing, not particularly punk, not particularly metal, but no. metal in college? Yeah, like, mostly, mostly just rock. Um, um, What you call, like, you know, like, alternative rock now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't get into hip-hop until I was a lot older. I didn't get into, like, like underground hip-hop um, until I was in my, like, early 20s. It was like right oh. after my middle phase. Okay. But I, I did listen to like some hip hop, but it was so just like, like this really stuff, right? obscure stuff like The Last Emperor and, you know, like um, uh, Jurassic Five. Oh, I know Jurassic um, Five. I like, like Jurassic a lot Five. Of, I like a lot of kind of just like not super popular. Yeah. Like, you know, rappers. And a lot of them were like rapping about comic books and stuff that I like was really into when I was younger. Yeah. So it wasn't, I just had really weird musical taste. You know, I never got into punk though. I never really, really got yeah. into punk. Punk's an angry music. Um, Which I, I thought I would have vibed with, because I yeah. love angry music, but I never got into punk. Yeah, but it's weird to look at from, like, a historical perspective, because, so, like, punk pretty much started as, like, a bunch of really angry people mad that rock and roll was starting to die with arena rock getting really big, and, like, the beginnings of what we would call, like, 80s hair metal just starting to come up in the 70s, like, the later 70s. So this, like, niche underground of, angry kids who wanted to have more violent music, more quote-unquote raw music, kind of started this subculture, this counterculture that evolved into what we now think of as punk move, like the punk movement of the 70s, which was very, not very political at first, it was just, fuck what they're doing to rock music, they're destroying rock music, fuck it. And then it wasn't until Thatcher, because a lot of the 
big punk bands were English. They weren't American yet. The American influence came out when Reagan came forward. Um, the political aspects of punk really came because of Thatcher and like this neoliberalism in England. And then that kind of, when it came over to America, that's when Reaganomics was really kicking in. And then you had this huge like movement against Reagan, which was fueled by this new genre of music coming up. And then kind of progressing from there and it's kind of similar to to what we consider hip-hop today where like early hip-hop was just party music that from my understanding came from <clears throat> hey let's do house parties and let's have all these b-boys dancing around to all these beats and then you had an mc who would rap and yeah. say like poetry well yeah hip-hop was like i mean especially back in the day for it was it was a whole culture yeah rapping was a part of it the mc yeah, and the dj were part of it but you're right it was so a much culture hip- and a vibe and a yeah, party there was a big thing to hip it was a community as well and, yeah from what you had I, clicks you know and, from what i understand the really early b-boys who are still around that have survived and talked about like what it was back in the early days of hip-hop it was a derogatory term that was used that they co-opted into the yeah culture. yeah yeah like it was I've heard that story. Yeah, like they were hippity hoppers, and that was considered to be like, <laughs> oh, that's like derogatory. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which, to be fair, is kind of what happened to punk, because like the idea of a punk, like, oh, like as a negative thing, existed before punk music did. Yeah. The punk movement kind of co opted that term of being a punk and turned it into, yeah, we're angry and we will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, and they did. And then they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. But like, it's kind of similar with the hip-hop movement as well, as it was kind of like, oh yeah, you go to your house parties or whatever, and then the 80s hit, and then you start to have these like tinges of Reaganomics, and then you start to see the first little bit of outside the party movement and outside this, we're going to make our own mu- our own music because the white people stole blues, they stole folk, they stole rock. Fuck it, we're going to make our own shit fuck it and then you have that 80s movement and then you have nwa come out and they start to be very political and then that kind of pushes a whole new wave of like conscious hip-hop that moves into the 90s so that no longer exists it totally fucking exists i mean it, it, not, not anywhere in the mainstream honestly us. like ah. if you listen to like like old hip-hop even most of the popular songs like biggie tupac any of those listen to some of their other songs and it's like it was always some sort of like message in there that if you're listening you're like ah oh, I don't know what message kinda, is in the breaks I don't know what that's message is in the breaks no though. I mean it's not even uh, what I'm talking about is that you look at the popular songs that came out of the movement and that's what people remember they don't look at all the other things that make it up they don't look at everything else that were influencing like the people that came after it they're looking at oh this is the stuff they played on the radio there was way more other stuff going on and a lot of it had a lot more meaning to it but I don't disagree with that oh oh yeah I mean, I'm just I think historically there's that interesting overlap of both of them coming up as counterculture movements to try to create their own identity to feel like they could actually fit in because you had the punks in England and a little bit in the U.S. but not too much. It didn't really come over until the '80s when Thatcher came into being. Um, wanting to just have their own identity and feeling they didn't really fit in with the rockers and making their own shit, and then hip-hop very similarly yeah and then i will say to political stuff. i i pretty much agree with your with what you're saying um i don't think they're like i guess it's probably obvious but they're like conscious decisions to do these things um because you have like years and years before like what after punk or after hip-hop come out it's like oh well that's 
that was proto-punk and that's oh yeah that's hip-hop yeah. um but you don't you know it wasn't hip-hop yeah. until hip-hop was invented no, um, exactly uh, nobody, ever, nobody ever consciously makes a decision to create a new genre right yeah. and yeah they're both like For cultural style. reactions and then what Kason's saying i think is very true the punk movement like you know punk is dead uh there's a lot of great subgenres and like punk artists and stuff nowadays. I like a lot of punk artists currently making music, but the ethos of punk um, in its heyday, at least, as that thing, uh, yeah, that shit died. But to be fair, you could say the same thing about hip hop. It is. Oh, oh I, no, I definitely, definitely say the same agree. thing about hip hop. <laughs> hip hop has died multiple deaths, and maybe punk has too, but. At least in Argent, like, growing up, I feel like we've watched the rise and f- big fall of hip-hop, and now it's in this really strange phase where we're in this, like, post-hip-hop. Uh, well, hip- ev- every, th- every popular song I hear is, like, post-hip-hop. It's, like, <clears throat> some kind of amalgamation of alternative rock, pop music, and hip-hop aesthetics into, like, one band. Like, yeah. Who I don't, is this? I don't one really that. bland. Who, yeah. What, <laughs> who is this? I don't honestly know that there's ever been a time, and I chalked this back up starting with the uh, Telecommunications Act in 96 that allowed for Clear Channel to basically buy everything, where popular music, mainstream popular music, has been That's less Kava, interesting. Way, if you want some Kava. Less interesting and had less to say. True. Mm. But something to say about the point you bring up of like how everything has that weird twinge and just tingle of like hip hop and alternative rock. Could you honestly, like, if you could pull somebody out of like the mid 90s and ask them, do you think that hip hop would dominate the, the top 100 billboards 20 years from now? Do you honestly think they'd say yes? I don't know because I'm think I was thinking about it was interesting when Casey was saying because I listened to a lot of hip hop when I was a little kid just because it's what I was exposed to it's yeah. what MTV was playing it's what the radio station I usually listened to mostly played yeah. um, but you know I d- but it always did seem very. It was always outside the reality of being in the top 100. Yeah, yeah. It, Even though I was had, exposed to it as youth, I knew yeah. like adults didn't. Most yeah. adults that like, were you're white have, didn't listen to like, yes, Biggie had many hits. Tupac had yeah. many hits. NWA didn't really have any hits in the top 100. They had one, two, maybe. Yeah. I think Straight Out of Compton got to one. Right. I mean, um, I remember Tupac being extremely famous. Yeah. Um, but. It kind of reached a point where he was also it, extremely famous with a lot of people who did not know anything about his music. Yes, yes. He I, also did acting, and he was known for that. And he was—he actually went he to was like just, a really good like like drama school or something like that. Yeah, yeah he was he's a brilliant, very well-known public figure in general. But that's, entirely that's the thing. I won a two—I won a framed Tupac portrait at a Catholic school fair when I was in like third grade with like a balloon game and darts. <clears throat> And I had never heard that's, a Tupac song, and yeah. I won an icon of him from the Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, like, the weird thing is we, we think of these things outside the historical snapshot of, like, what that reality was. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the average person would agree or say that hip-hop would dominate the charts. No, they might I don't say think that, they would. Oh, You're right. There would be more of it on the charts, sure, just because it was getting bigger and you mm-hmm. could see how, much, how many <clears throat> rappers there were out there that were making millions of dollars, finally, but... I, I mean, I might have to check the charts right now, but I'm pretty sure that a decent chunk of the charts is 
either pop icons or rappers. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't know that hip hop. Going back 20 years, I don't know that hip hop becoming as big as it is now in the mainstream and dominating is as surprising as the fact that rock completely fell off the face of the fucking yeah. earth. As far as like mainstream popularity goes, it's just yeah. What happened to rock? I think all of its subgenres ate it. It got really whoa. I didn't even expect this. The top 18 songs, every single one of them... It's Kendrick Lamar. No, no, no. (laughs) Just the Black Panther song. I wish. I wish. Literally 1 to 18, every single one of them is a rap song. Every single one of them is from a rapper. Wow. Uh, Are any of them any good? uh, Yes, pray for me. Um, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. Um, no, that's the weekend. He's just he has a, he has a yes. But the thing, I think I don't know when it comes to like music that. and a lot. God damn it, of, NF! Like, get the fuck out of here! You piece of shit. <laughs> when I think Christian about like Eminem music, looking bitch, it comes down to the whole what? fact like that it's become an investment for certain groups of people, and I think that you know, like people saw that hip hop was very popular, it sold very well, and they propped up certain people and uh, I didn't even think about this when I was listening to your interview because I would like listen to like some like um you know um team backpack and some of those kind of uh, interviews and stuff like that and it's interesting when you listen to like you know people that are interested in it well no one makes it without having a backer and it was funny their guys like oh you don't we don't you don't say that and was like yeah but anyone who's in the industry knows that you have to have a not there's a lot of really good rappers out there that'll probably never make it to the mainstream. Same thing with musicians in general. But yeah. it, I start getting all weird conspiratorial, like in, in my head, like, well, who decides who's gonna be the next voice? Who decides that fucking Nicki, Nicki Minaj was gonna be a thing? Who decided that freaking you them? know um what, what's her name? Nicki um, Minaj was good before but, she got signed by Little Wayne. What? It was Little Wayne who picked her, by the way. Oh god. I mean, like, same thing with, um, Drake. with, um, there's always gotta be, uh, first there was, um, Lil' Kim, not first, but, like, j- just from yeah. my, my remembering when I was growing she up, was your Lil' first. Kim, and then there was Lil freaking, Kim was um, first crush Lauren too. Hill, Lauren, L- 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 you can't even put Lauren Hill in the same category no, as Lil' Kim, yeah. you cannot put Lauren Hill in the same category well, I'm just saying, like, as a predominant female okay. rapper that but, people pointed to, but she wasn't I'm, Lil. I'm talking about, like, <laughs> the, 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 you know, kind of, just, Crazy female rapper that oh, they have okay. out there. The, you know, the, the, the sort of hyper sexual. The lewd. Then they, the okay. they had Lil Kim, then they had, I don't remember the brat. Or a little bit. Yeah. Then they but had the um, uh, yeah, as, like Iggy very... Azalea. Now we have, who do we have now? Freaking. Um, who the fuck was the other one that wasn't Lil Kim? I don't I can see her remember. face. I don't remember. I can wasn't see she, it. Wasn't she like the West Coast? But who's the one? Ah. Who's the one now? She was Dre's. That I can't freaking stand. It's. I don't listen to that kind of stuff um, for the most female part. Female rappers have actually oh. really taken back like the title of female rapper. It's been a, like a weird debate going on if you should even call, oh, she's a girl, therefore she's a female rapper. Or if you should just, oh, okay, yeah, she's a rapper. <clears throat> like you would say he's a rapper. Like I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say Kendrick is a male rapper. He's just a rapper. Just like I wouldn't say that like Nicki Minaj is a female rapper. She's just a rapper. I might not like her, but she's still a rapper. She's no yeah, more for or sure. less it is, a rapper. It is patronizing it's, to just throw yeah. gender in there as if it... I mean, I think it had a defining character. It, well, the, the thing is that, like, the, the <clears> thing <throat> that I well, I do find about, like, a lot of it, when you, when you put, like, you know, whatever you say for, like, female rapper, there is a extreme sexualizing of those those rappers. They don't do the same thing with the male rapper that they do with the female well, rappers. They I have to definitely disagree don't. with that just because, like... 
half of Tupac's persona was the fact that he was a sexy, sexy man. That fuck life tattoo. Yeah, like, <laughs> like there was an in, people the forget end. about this, but after Tupac was killed, uh, or possibly not killed, he's in Cuba right now with Castro, because um, Castro's not dead either. But oh, and, oh, is he hanging out with Elvis? Is yeah, he's hanging out with Elvis too. They're all chilling in Cuba. That's why America wants to take over Cuba. But when you look at it, there was this big bubble of rappers who really only got popular because they were attractive men that took their shirts off. Like that was most of the the mid to late nineties. Like the reason that DMX is a person that we think of as like a big rapper from the late nineties is just because Tupac was killed because he was a pretty good like. Oh, okay. He's a very sexy man that has like a husky voice, and women loved him. Like, there are so many clips I can I can remember of barricades being busted down so that women, not men, could get closer to like the, this big rapper. A bunch of women <clears throat> busting down barricades so that they could storm the stage, possibly. Just to, I mean, like, I think you're you're right on that, Cardi B. Cardi B. I love Cardi B. I Fuck you. I cannot stand Fuck Cardi B. I cannot stand Cardi B. Why can't you not stand her? Because I've listened to interviews from her, and it's just like, you are just saying the most terrible, terrible, terrible things. I feel like that about most mainstream pop and hip-hop it, it music. was like, there's like, you know, they talked about the kind of anything you really say yeah, what, anymore. They, wait, wait, what, what specifically? Because there um, was I, I just, going no, I, can't, I can't really stand. Here's the thing with her, and it's not necessarily that I'm looking at it's, I just want, I don't like her voice, and that's probably one of the reasons I don't like yeah. listening to her. I just don't like her voice. I don't like the way that she, her diction, I don't like her flow. So it's not necessarily anything against, like, you know, her personally. Okay. I just don't like the there way was, she talks. I like, don't like, it, it grinds on my, it grinds on my nerves. Like, there was an interview from, like, four years ago where she said some kind of transphobic bullshit. No, that was, but, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's, last it's almost year, like, there was an interview where she was asked about that, like, well, why did you say that? She's like, I was an ignorant piece of shit that didn't well, understand. By, by the what token, it is to me honestly, is, five, six years ago, most every, people yeah, said some ignorant yeah, transphobic yeah, bullshit yeah. without knowing that's what they were doing. It's yeah. just... Some, the it, culture it, it, has it changed goes really to quickly me, in that regard. It goes to me like thinking about like, oh man, that just makes me feel like, stop. And that's just who, maybe that's who she is. But I'm like, stop. But you're, prob- you're but you probably you more than stereotype. You don't find out what any of these people are like until you hear them in an interview mm-hmm. And they start expressing themselves because they're not expressing themselves through any of the music that they're making. Yeah, I mean, and some of her interviews, like she, like she, like apparently she knows Russian, and she's like, she has an interesting person, but yeah. I just don't like the way. I would that also she point talks. out that <laughs> unlike Lil Kim and Nicki Minaj, she sexualized herself. She wasn't mm-hmm. told that by the record label, because and she was that, a stripper that like started rapping and then used that to get more wealth. I have heard a lot of positive things about her. Like, as a person, you know, and even the way they just, it's almost like some people don't like the way that, um, like, uh, what's the name? Um, the guy that really, with a kind of annoying voice. All there's of a lot of them. You're going to have to narrow that yeah. one down. But, All like, yeah, he, he's in a lot of movies and he's known for his, like, he did a Iago and the, the, um, Oh, Gilbert Gottfried? Some people can't stand the way get the same thing with hers. Like, I, her voice just bothers me. It bothers me, and I can't... I don't know why. It's not... It's just it's probably what it is. It's just the the way that she talks bothers me. So, I, I, I can't I listen mean, to her. I mean, I can't deny that, like, mm-hmm. I know people who are just like, I don't. I can't listen to her in interviews. But, like, I can say that about a lot of people. And that's a good point, but it really doesn't speak to her as an artist. I just can't really... I can't, I can't do it. I mean, that's I can't fair. can't do it. But I will say that there's been, like, an interesting thing I've noticed about just, like, how, like, the history of each genre just is, like, a weird reflection that's, like, constantly 
one of them is a couple years behind the other when it comes to like what they're reacting to one way or the other like the punk movements of the 90s weren't really anti-government they were like anti-society whereas there were a lot of anti-government sentiment in hip-hop music of the 90s and then going into the later 90s is when you started to see this like anti-society kind of sentiment and then that's when you started to see punk split off into all these subgenres that started to be farther and farther away from each other do you think that there is some sort of I mean I know you've kind of been hinting at it some sort of like connection between the way that each one of these because they're kind of were countercultures I, do you think that there is there, there are some, is they, some they kind of develop in tandem to each other and feed off each other is that what you're trying to get at pretty much like to me well, it's odd because whenever I talk to people about music I know a lot of people that like rap music and then they'll also like pop aspects of what would be considered a pop a punk subgenre whether it's just full out pop punk mm-hmm. from when they were in high school or if it's something like oh I really like Nirvana like which is grunge which is just a shoot off of punk anyway I know I'm gonna get stabbed by Aaron from that but fuck <laughs> off the genre stole from punk it's fine well, yeah, your grunge is absolutely people, a shoot off of punk any, like, people get anybody, anybody who was like in the original grunge movement would rankle at being called grunge and would just say they were a punk band yeah, yeah. they all said that oh yeah. we're just a punk band yeah, yeah we're just we're just, a, yeah. we're just a rock they were, they were just rock bands or just punk they're just bands. playing they musicians it's, yeah. it's the same thing that happened with I think Mudhoney was the first band to call themselves <laughs> actually call themselves a grunge band and that yeah. was like 1997 when they finally did it <laughs> yeah when a wave had already peaked yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I only say that because there there was a very similar sentiment with the emo core movement with like for sure the cure and stuff where they're like stop calling us emo hardcore uh, we're, you're calling us emotional hardcore hardcore is emotional what the fuck are you on about and then like in the 90s they're like all right we're emo i guess cool <laughs> like they just gave up they're like fuck it fuck it yeah well but, the emotive hardcore of like sunny day real estate was pretty different you know than dashboard confessional true but I oh, guess what God. I'm getting at is uh, there is some. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're 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 playing a tour. Aren't yeah, they yeah, they came they're... here recently. Oh, really? I remember um, seeing some. They were here the other day. Yeah. They were here the other weekend. But yeah, that's why I, they were in my mind. Did you I, go to the show? No. <laughs> no, we used to. I used to. That used to be one of the punchlines to things. Like we would find a way to say your hair or something something was everywhere screaming infidelity <laughs> like like oh blah 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 is everywhere screaming infidelities but so I, I don't know what it is maybe it's because they were counterculture movements of like the same time maybe there's just some thread where they both felt as though they were oppressive and needed to bring something to their own culture and construct something but Something is causing this, I would honestly call it some kind of like dance in genre where once one of the one of the sides starts to die, the other one does too, and then when the other one starts to kind of come back in a slightly new form, the other one does as well. I, I have some comment down here. Like, what, like, for instance, when I think of like the quote-unquote dark times of hip-hop, I think of the bling era of the mid to... Uh, like the the late the 90s er- to the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah, they were essentially like in their hair metal phase at that point. Yeah, pretty much, but it was the, pretty bad. Yeah, the the aspect. I remember which, thinking that at the time that they reminded me it was like, this feels like L.A. metal in about <laughs> 1989, but, 90. 
But the weird similarity to that is you started to have like, like I'm gonna get ma- people are gonna yell at me for this. I don't give a fuck. But you started to have bands like Green Day coming in, and yeah, at first I'd say that th- the first album of Green Day was a punk band that knew how to have a pop kind of sound to it. Yeah. But then their second album, they were a pop punk band. Yeah. Yeah. By the time Dookie rolled around, they were yeah, which, they were just full on pop punk. They were Dookie. They is created a pop punk masterpiece. They created pop punk, and there's nothing wrong with da, pop da, punk. Da, da, but da. the <laughs> average the average punk would say that that's that was the death. That was the death of punk rock. Sure. I, when yeah, it became I, commercial. I remember saying that in high school. <laughs> yeah. Like that. The creation of oh, you're gonna make punk mainstream. So you're gonna make something that was oh, created to counter the mainstream yeah. mainstream yeah because they didn't realize it, it already died i mean sure maybe but there's that interesting thing where like the late 90s to early 2000s is what many people who love punk music consider to be the death of punk and right. then you have that that later section where people are really pissed off about like the 2005 <laughs> to like 2012 for like what pop punk became because it just more and more pop. There was no punk. At yeah, <laughs> no, it was like boy bands that actually played instruments. Yeah, and that's um, fine and that's fine. Them. Yeah, like I'm not I mean, gonna you, lie. You go I back s- far enough. Essentially, the Sex Pistols were a manufactured oh, boy band. Sex I Pistols. Mean, yeah, Malcolm McLaren just hired guys from a newspaper as you're in a band now. <laughs> but a lot of people attribute like that those years to like the death of hip hop and also the death of punk. Which is just an odd thing because they died for different reasons, and now you're starting to see like you have mumble rappers and SoundCloud rappers on the hip hop side that people are saying are quote unquote destroying the culture. Which, really, if you think about it objectively, like even if you don't like it, they're doing something unique and they're trying to do something. Like, what the fuck does it matter? And when you really think about it, I can't disagree with them being maybe not hip hop, but having that sentiment of. We just want to party and be left alone, which is what the 80s hip-hoppers wanted. They just wanted to party and be alone. Like, do you really think that the breaks is some conscious rap amazing? No, it's about breaks in the bus. (laughs) Breaks in the road. It's going to make you a superstar. Like, it it existed for the beat to be there, similar to SoundCloud and Mumble Rappers, and you're starting to see this kind of, like, mixture of, like, emo and punk revival coming out now. So, I got... All right, so I think what uh, what ties them together is that they started as countercultures, <clears throat> counter to the American capitalism that they were under, and then they were subsumed by capitalism. They became subcultures, and the various splitting and side genres are, of course, like... Not consciously, but people's ways of creating and playing and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, attempts to escape the ever-commercialization of what was once a counterculture, you know? True. Um, and you see, like, the, the the bling guys are, like, fully subsumed. They've fully bought into it. They're trying to do it. You know, fucking... As much as he did have some conscious stuff, Jay-Z bought, built an empire, Oh uh, yeah, you know, but what is that? But subsumed Empire capitalist State logic. Yeah, Empire State of Mind. He took the logic that you know had put him in the predicament of being in a hard situation and coming up from it to do the same thing. Um, and that's what you see all over again. So they're that's what ties them together mm-hmm. is that they're reacting to the same stuff, the the, the same culture, 
now different cultures, of course. Um, but that's but the same overarching culture. They're is both what's... definitely reactions to the same overarching cultural situation. Yeah, and, and, and media and technology too. Um, I think the internet has done amazing things for the pro- <laughs> proliferation of independent artists and subgenres and stuff like the. SoundCloud rap. The yeah. fact that that's even a thing. Um, well, now we've reached the point where it's so easy to record in your own home and release independently. I mean, we get to the point where almost every band is its own little micro genre mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah. To the point where those sort of distinctions become almost meaningless. Yeah. I just, it, as far as the underground goes, anyway. <laughs> the mainstream. It's yeah. Four it's Swedish tr- guys writing everything for everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. Literally that, four maybe Swedish that's guys. What, maybe that's what the biggest reaction to now is with underground music is those fucking four Swedish guys. Is <laughs> like the bullshit pop music that is, oh my God, so grating. And, like, I mean, obviously stuffy, stupid person doesn't like pop music, whatever, but... It's all the same. It's written by four people. And it's weird because you like listen to a lot of the bands that have come out. Like it's weird when you hear a song from a band and you're just like, I don't know who wrote that because they well, all I know who did it. They all sound the same. I don't even know what band that is. Yeah. Like the, the sound is exactly the same. And I think that when you go into like one of the reasons why people I believe are are starting to rebel against certain things is because you, you have hip hop that started out um, you know, hey, we should want a party. And then it became something important. And then to the people that thought it was something important are seeing it go back to just being about partying. They're like, no, no, no. It was up here now. You can't you can't take it back. But you I can't bring it back but the, to the, those people. I'm not saying that no, whether they're right or wrong. I'm saying in, in my head, but, if I came up during the time when it was like up here, I don't want to see it go back to just fun. Well, also... The SoundCloud rappers are a really good example of it, and like the in the mumble rap, they don't care. It's already yeah. They don't even there. want the title. They don't, yeah. like most. They're like most big we're not mumble rappers. Who cares? Like, yeah, most mumble rappers who like will pull up their Twitter and they're just like, "You're not real hip hop." They're like, "Fuck you, I don't care." Yeah, they're like, they're "What like, the fuck's hip hop? Who's yep. Tupac? I don't <laughs> care." They literally yeah yeah. I've heard that. A lot, several people I have will, gotten called out for not respecting Tupac. What? Who cares? They're eighteen Tupac years old. Fucking his his ex best friend's girlfriend on numerous tracks, but constantly <laughs> talked about go like like Tupac's great. I love Tupac. Tupac still raps about partying. Don't act like the only thing Tupac talked about oh, was the actual struggle. No, I, well, no, no. So what I want to I'm just yelling at oh, old right. heads right there. For a <laughs> but minute. they're they're like that are uh, people's reaction against them, and I I don't like that music or most of it that I've heard. I've but anyways, I think the hip-hop purist reaction to it is the fact that hip-hop is not theirs a- anymore. It's not um, barely even a, ca- uh, a subculture anymore. The top 18 songs yeah. of our mainstream culture are rap songs. Yeah. So I, I guess more so the, the, interesting, the interesting thing with it, there being this inseparable thread between the two genres, is just how both of them started as not completely different. They were both counterculture movements reacting to capitalism and reacting to like feeling as though they were oppressed, but both in such different ways. The punk movement feeling as though 
they were alone and isolated because they didn't like rap. They, they didn't like the, the arena rock that was going on and this bastardization of such a raw genre. And they wanted to go back to that, influenced a little bit by like early heavy metal like Zeppelin and just trying to be, let's make it smaller and let's make it raw. Like more loud is essentially what it was. Let's make it short and loud and whatever. And then that's why it was created. But then hip hop was this whole big thing, but we view it so much as music. But hip hop started to come up specifically because of actual political and social oppression that was going on to actual people. So here's what I here's what I think it is, and I mean I, I can't necessarily speak for anyone else but myself. But the way that I look at it is that you have something, and you have a lot of these kids that like they don't care, you know. But you have all these like these people that are like, hey there's all this important shit going on and we now know that some of this can be used to try to at least subvert some of this. Why are you, like, why are you taking something that could do so much good and just, like, not giving a fuck about it? And I think that's what some of those people are like, hey, this could do something, but you're just like, you don't care. And the thing is that you, the, this, the reason why you don't care has to do with probably some of the, the situations you're surrounded by. You could change it with that. So why aren't you trying to do that instead of just being like, fuck it? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just like, so that that's just my two cents on it. I think that I understand the whole, especially being 18 years old and just doing what you want to do and having fun at it. But then you see like, you know, a lot of these, like, you know, some guy just died from doing Xanax. Like, and this culture is becoming almost weirdly toxic. So. Oh, I think that culture has been toxic I mean, it, it's for a been, long it, I mean, time. But it's, but the thing is this whole like not giving a shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's consequences to it. Yeah. I'm not saying that you have to do what other people say you should yeah. do, but you do realize that well, this is influencing other people and it's fucking up I mean, their lives. It, it, the you literal know? creator of the chopped and screwed style from Texas died of a lean overdose. Yeah. After constructing a a beat style and a flow style simply based, be, on, based on because he was drinking so much lean. Yeah. He, he DJed really high on lean and realized oh this is cool and then did it sober and was like oh this is cool and then killed himself because he drank so much lean like yeah there's always been an and that was in 2004 2005 yeah so i mean like it's kind of always been there in the pop world and i mean easy i mean how many punk artists have died because of heroin yeah yeah like all of them (laughs) all of them pretty much all the ones who aren't dead now yeah like, the, the ones that haven't died in the past, like, ten years, pretty much all died because of heroin. Yeah, you go back and you look in the 70s and 80s, everybody who died, it was, it was, it was all over. It was like heroin and coke. <laughs> yeah. A lot of mixing heroin and coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you had, to, you had to do the heroines that you could do, and then when you went to go play, you had to go put shit up your nose so that you could perform. I don't know, I, I just, I so, think that... I mean, that's another weird-ass thing, is, like, the drug culture of both of these completely different genres, like... And they're both kind of... Not hedonistic drug cultures, but self-destructive ones. Pretty much. It's like, fuck everything, so we're just going to do this in a sense. I mean, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, yeah. Because heroin's not a party drug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I mean, really, kind of, like, interesting thing about it is, like, now that I think about it, lean is kind of the equivalent of heroin for it the hip-hop movement. It is. It's absolutely. a huge downer. It's liquid heroin. Yeah, like, I mean, of course it is, but, like, I didn't really make that connection of, like, 
Yeah. How many hip hop artists have died because of lean in comparison to how many punk rockers died because of heroin and still yeah. are dying because of heroin. Yeah. Like, I didn't even realize that. So, I think um, this struck me. It took longer for punk to catch on than hip hop. Um, hip hop, once it rose into um, sight of the mainstream, it rose very quickly into the mainstream. Where punk was in the sight of the mainstream for it seemed like decades well, before pop punk really took hold. I think hold. part of that has to do with it, even though hip hop was black and therefore scary, it was something that you could also sanitize keep it what it was and make it a little more palatable whereas right. punk was always just kind of gross and ugly it stayed and it had gross that, yeah for a while it stayed gross and had that sort of like this guy hasn't showered in a week and a half it had Where, that scuzziness to it that was with, a real hard sell with hip hop you, have... you, could, you could take that scuzziness away and still essentially have the essence of it there yeah. it wasn't necessary to the aesthetic or you could have the double edged sword where you have like well we can pr- promote NWA, but we're not going to promote Jurassic Five. Um, and well, I think I agree with you. Conscious hip hop and that, like the movements and stuff. I was watching I Love the '90s, um, the stupid VH1 thing. Uh, Elizabeth and I, my wife, started rewatching that for a uh, stupid love laugh. That show. Yeah. I thought I did too. It's worse than I remember, <laughs> but it's still it's the death grip of nostalgia. Um, and they talk about uh, Arrested Development. I was on 1992 um, last night. And, you yeah, know, it's weird that they didn't become one of the biggest bands in the world. Right. And, yeah, Arrested Development was for a was summer, great. they were huge. Yeah. One summer. They One <laughs> summer, they had two hit singles. Um, and Ice-T was on there, and he was like, man, I hate Arrested Development. That's a corniest shit. Like, and he was, like, talking about it. And I was like, well, you made a lot of money talking about some pretty nasty shit like you know i'm not uh ban iced tea from the radio waves or anything but if i had to pick arrested development or iced tea to be world famous i would have picked there's a certain irony from the guy who wrote cop killer playing a cop on every single show the entirety (laughs) he just plays nothing he said arrested development was slave shit and i was like (laughs) what the fuck is this guy talking about well if you listen to even like some of the the i was um watching some video about how like cop killer became about and it wasn't like even a super political thing it was just pissed off like no, he, was just, the, he was pissed it was, off because the cops had broken up the party it was a party, him being a like, provocateur their, 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 it was yeah it was, yeah just a freaking ruffle feathers sure shock value like, i kind of have to disagree with what you say adam just because it wasn't that they weren't playing punk they just weren't playing classic punk they weren't playing black flag on the radio they weren't playing the remote I mean, I get, were they playing Ramones on the Ramones, radio? outside of I Want to Be the Sedated 90s. they never yeah. really got radio okay. play mm. yeah, that was pretty yeah. much their only yeah. hit yeah. yeah but like I get what you're saying with that but when we think about it from a historical perspective like that later 80s rap didn't really get much play NWA didn't get shit for play unless it was requested and it was on very specific radio stations no you got like it. run DMC oh uh, yeah yeah, but, LL Cool J but no. they yeah. just pretended public but enemy didn't exist Will, for like a decade Will Smith yeah. you know I agree what's, with what's, that mm, but that was mm, that was very sanitized that was very sanitized <laughs> in the later 80s if you're you into the early room. 90s mm. and you start to get grunge which could be sanitized it had a couple songs that weren't about raping your significant other I guess and other bullshit that Nirvana talked about. But when it comes down to it, like, 
it was only a couple of years that punk or a subgenre of punk wasn't on the radio waves. Yeah, but I like, think that the, the what Adam Will Smith was, was no, I, I I get what he's saying with, with it like, being popularized, sure, but that was very cherry picked stuff where it was like Will Smith wasn't being pop to be pop. He was just a hip hop artist that didn't want to curse. That was his just, grandma just, didn't like it. Yeah, because his grandma didn't like it. So why, that was, why use all those words? But, so, but the thing is that I think that I don't I cannot think of a, a, a up until you know like even even Green Day to me is a little little dirty you know like I think that up up until you know you at least got the l- feeling they were using drugs yeah, like way later it was it's, you can find a, a couple of rappers quite a few rappers that were easy to like clean up like easy to be like oh this is kind of presentable but I don't think that right. way I, don't, I, I still to this day don't think about punk in any other sense of just being dirty and like you know like yeah, it, I, you can, I don't think it's e- an easier sell. I, I don't know. I think, it's because, <laughs> okay. I, I think it's because I was in college in the late 90s, and I was so disgusted by the pop punk thing that I saw how it could be sanitized when you had bands like Blink-182 and okay. stuff like that just so, being huge. I love Blink-182 like, so when I was in like, middle school. I love Blink-182. They were Blink so <laughs> so safe. Na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> Something to bring up, though, is, like, I just pulled up the billboard from 92. So, number one was a Boyz II Men song, End of the Road. Um, they were huge. Yeah. Oh, they, they were, were huge. stupid um, huge. Really soul. <laughs> number six was Tears in Heaven. I hate that song. Um, like, I mean, number that, two... I hate that song. Number two is Cats literally Baby Got Back, and number three is Jump by Crisscross. Cross. Like, Jump! Like, Jump. all three of those songs, I would say, is very sanitized. Superficial crap, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then you have Guns N' Roses at 17, and then you have... Well, even that time, Guns N' Roses sucked. Yeah. Um, was it like November Rain? <laughs> <laughs> was it November Rain? Don't cry, don't cry. Uh, who, who were you saying? Guns yeah. N' Roses. Uh, it was November Rain. November. <laughs> <laughs> um, 17 minutes at Elton John crap. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, jump around. Is that song 17 minutes long? It's like nine minutes long. But it feels <laughs> like it's 17. Jump around by House of Pain. Um, Man, House of Pain. And this, uh, this smells just... like Teen Spirit was only 32. So I get what you're saying with it lagging behind, but like grunge was earlier than it. Uh, Tennessee well, it smells like by Teen Spirit had already well peaked by that point. Yeah, yeah. by this time in 92. Um, but, but like, was because Nevermind came out in 91 and it was. Yeah, and then not a lot of the grunge bands really got famous. You had Nirvana, Alice in Chains. It didn't get huge until Pearl Jam came around. Yeah, and Pearl Jam. Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam, like Nevada was the first <laughs> breakout hit. But and they, they didn't. Nevermind sold popular. a crazy number of albums, but it didn't become a really mainstream thing until Pearl Jam put out um, 10. And that album. Nirvana seems more popular. After they're gone, like yeah. you know, yeah, well, yeah, I don't think growing. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm sure people will complain. Nirvana would not be as popular now if Kurt hadn't killed himself in '94. No. Hands down, wouldn't have been. Um, they'd have probably put out like I think he was years away from doing his best work. Um, so it's a shame he did it. But they wouldn't be remembered the same way no, if he they, hadn't killed himself. He, they would have been the prime example of what happens when grunge moves out of favor. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the big bands that we think of, like... I'm not saying that it's purposeful, but I think that a lot of our memories of, like, what the charts were like is kind of painted by who we remember now. 
Well, that's, that's, For sure, all, yeah. that's always true of popular music. Popular yeah. music, if you go back and you look at like the top ten songs on any given week of any given year for the last 60 years, it's mostly crap. Yeah. yeah. That no one remembers now. Like, people's like, I don't remember that song. What's... Yeah. It's just completely gone. Like, it never existed. You know, I, I I'm keep going back to, like, you know, um, what Adam and Zach were saying, but I feel like they go with the gusto when it comes to exploiting us. Like, yeah. you know, that was hip-hop. It's just like, you know, let's get on it. I, th- I feel like it's dip, and maybe this is just me being, you know, like, you know, angry black guy, but I feel as though, like... As soon as it was seen that this could be, uh, you know, popularized and like exploited, and that's oh, no, not, exactly. that's not the same thing that happens to, like, music that are more like white. white. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I think that that's a big reason why LL Cool J got as big as he did. Why uh, the Fresh Prince was as fresh as he was in '92. <laughs> and that when you have black music that becomes popular, you can very easily sanitize it just by giving it to white artists. If you've mm, got yeah. If you've got white music that's scaring people, there's no way to easily sanitize that just by swapping yeah. out the yeah. rest of the person the white, making it. Yeah, the white music that scares people is usually satanic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's, you know. it's real dark. But like most most black music that scares people scares people mainstream because simply because it's black, black music. Yeah, it's just yeah. black. That's that's enough right there. Or, or or well, like I mean, come on, N.W.A. was a little violent. Yeah, uh, but thing is, Two Live Crew was a little, a little raunchy. Two Live Crew was straight up party music, though. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was, oh, there absolutely. was nothing there. Then let's go have fun. <laughs> yeah. That was just it. I remember having as nasty as they want to be in like. It must have been the fourth grade. But I think. But the sanitized life of the you know suburban middle aged uh, parent, I understand why if they heard that and they were like, oh my god. But then you could also think about it from the standpoint that. Those young kids that were like, oh, you're like, you know, getting an NWA album. It was like a little naughty and like a little, yeah. you know, like so that went to sell sell out. Yeah, that absolutely. Went to sell. So I, think, I feel like that was also marketing. Okay. I mean, I remember wanting to get CDs because they had parental advisories. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, the best thing, best thing ever that happened to have? the music industry in the last fifty years was the parental advisory sticker. <laughs> you know what's good. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with that. I just think that it's it's interesting to. To look at the similarities outside of that because again I think a lot of people forget just how long it took people like Biggie, Tupac, oh. uh, Bones, Thugs and Harmony to actually get big. Like we think of them now as like the best rappers of the 90s but and you also you, think of them as overnight sensations but you know a lot of them were for years before yeah, they got but and then when you look at like you go through every year of the 90s I don't remember I don't think a Tupac song goes on there until 2000 or 2000 until uh, 94 I think 94 or 95 is when Tupac's first, like, top 100's out there. But he was still there, like... Yeah, because I know, I know in middle school, after N.W.A., it was just <clears throat> Dre and Snoop. Yeah. And that was it, West Coast-wise. Yeah. Just the two of them. <laughs> whoever, whoever Dre decided to have as a guest on one of his re- records. Was, yeah. That was it. But that was... But we don't think of it that way. We don't think of hip-hop evolving in that way we kind of think of the 90s as like the reign of gangster rap but gangster rap didn't really hit until like 94 95 and then it became a big news thing kind of similar to like oh what is it doing to our children and our children's brain 
kind of similar to what happened in the seventies with metal music, where it was like, oh, what what, 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 what are these, what are these weird Australian and English people putting in our children's brains? <laughs> what are they, what are they doing to us? What they bringing Satan into us? They bringing Satan? Yeah. Like, well, you know, and now nowadays, I actually have to thinking about it from the original metal Satanic Panic, <clears throat> not the overt like nineties uh, Satanic, satanic Panic. panic. Yeah. It did get it got assimilated. It took a long it took mm-hmm. longer though. Um but like Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne are like a pretty sanitized yeah, they're household. Not, they're not really metal. <laughs> no. Well but they're they're not like, Sabbath is metal. Sabbath, Sabbath but they're early metal. Yeah. But they're early metal. It was just the genre got rawer yeah. as it went. No, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean mm. But so, but it's not com- those first it, two Sabbath wait, albums wait. are almost fifty no, years I, old now. I agree wow. with that. But first album came out in January of seventy, and then Paranoid came out in like September of that year. They're both but, great albums. But to think about that perspective, like where the goalpost is, like when you think of it now, like I wouldn't really think of NWA as really being all that like raunchy in today's world. And compared to what we have now for mm-hmm. all the ra- what rappers are talking about now. Yeah, I guess that's like, true, yeah. Like, there are plenty of SoundCloud rappers that talk about way worse shit than what N.W.A. was talking about. And there are plenty Oh, of, yeah, absolutely. There are plenty of other scary things that other rappers in, in the popular realm are saying about police. Well, I think, I think what, what, with N.W.A., what freaked people out at the time is that it felt, it re- felt really sincere. Like, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the, sure. a lot of the stuff you see edgy. now that it's they extreme. Felt, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of edge lord bullshit. Yeah. Where it's just but, like they're trying to go as far yeah. as they can. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree but with that. But there's no actual thought behind it. Like yeah. to, to go back to the '90s and like that era of alternative music and the different subgenres of punk. I don't want to talk out of my ass, but I don't know where Manson would really fit in that. Like, I don't really think he's punk. No, he's. I mean, he, so no, they came, Manson they got came inspired way out of, by some of that. Yeah, I would say that he was definitely inspired, but I wouldn't say that his genre no. is at, at all a subclass of punk. No, he definitely, punk, no, no, he definitely came out of out of the, the industrial end of metal. Yeah, okay. industrial. But yeah. like his, which is its whole separate weird fascist. I thing. Get, yeah, <laughs> but when you think of it like that, like is Manson going on stage and burning a Bible while dressed up as like? an offshoot of fascist like garb really that like crazy in today's world like is that really that today no when it in in 1994 I remember remember when Antichrist Superstar came out in 96 and that was panic yeah absolute panic it was beautiful and wonderful every minute of it that's a perfect example of like he doesn't have enough middle fingers yeah (laughs) I'll say this I remember when Antichrist Superstar came out and I bought it and I fell instantly in love with it and I became very worried because I knew that well, if this is what my generation is listening to and enjoying, then I don't know what the next generation can See, do to shock us. Yeah. And to make us afraid. And it's exactly what happened. Because yeah. aside from the fact that I'm bored out of my mind by most of it, modern music is incapable of like making me uncomfortable. Yeah, but you, you grew up in that class. But the people that were outside of it, I would say that there are certain... like there, there definitely has to be some... <clears throat> metal artists out there that are still shocking people like I would say there's a lot of different like heavy metal artists that specifically have like different like 
I, I, I guess it would be uh, performative art during their shows that involves like <coughs> having actors that get quote unquote stabbed and blood spewing everywhere. Oh, I've, 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 yeah. you know, there are bands now, they literally have like, you know, animal parts on yeah. stakes on stage. Yeah. Like, go- bleeding goat's heads on stage. And, but, yeah. and this is oh, real so shit. Oh, and so, right. like, and, um, yeah, and Manson, like, you see so some of the early stuff, it's not positive. Um, I don't view it positively anymore. Uh, a lot of self-abuse. Yeah, self-abuse. Cutting on stage. I, yeah, um, I remember I remember him smashing himself in the chest with a, a halogen yeah, lamp. I re- yeah, and like, I've seen that. Like, I mean, you'd see it, like, leave burn marks and cut marks and bleeding all over the place. It was very G.G. Allen. Yeah, <laughs> and um, Trent Reznor, so there's a little bit of a break, but Trent Reznor... Um, when they recorded Downward Spiral in the house of the Sharon Tate murders, <laughs> Tate they did all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, they were like, all right, for this next song, we're going to not sleep for three days. Then we're going to try to write it. Um, yeah. And they were like, let's when, see what it's like if we can record this while we're nodding off. Yeah, like, or, or when they were recording Antichrist, when Reznor and, and Manson were recording Antichrist Superstar, because that's, sens- that's more a Nine Inch Nails album than anything else. Yeah, they were like... They were together for. A I mean, little they bit. they had a, a sensory deprivation tank brought yeah. in, so oh. they could just like, we'll be in here for nine hours and then we'll see what we record and come up with. Yeah, and it's some dark, what? hateful do shit. Of, <laughs> we'll do a bunch of psychedelics, get in the sensory deprivation tank, and see what comes out. It is, but I think that that's part of why we have the realities of. I wouldn't say a punk revival, but definitely some offshoots of punk are coming back. Like, like I'm sorry. Emo is just punk music for people that didn't want to go full gothic. Like, pretty much. It, it, that's that's I mean, what it was. I love it. It's awesome. It's still just different punks. It's really all it is. Well, yeah, because I mean, like the punk you had, uh, the post punk, which developed in the new wave, and was where the goth movement came from. Yeah, in the UK. You're yeah, the Cure and Susie and but that birthday party, that aspect of <clears throat> goalposting that we constantly see, where it's like. Like, we have to remember, like, our parents probably weren't listening to the Beatles if we had parents that were, like, even a tiny bit conservative. If our grandparents were at all a tiny bit conservative, they probably weren't listening to the Beatles at first because of, oh, it's going to drive us all crazy and it's all sexual and blah, blah, blah. And then you go into the... Okay, I need to cut their hair. Yeah. <laughs> long you, girl hair. And then you go into the, the 70s and you, like, have this metal movement that comes to be in... Oh, the Beatles are fine. Listen to the Beatles. The Beatles are good, wholesome music. That devil bullshit over there, though, with that 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 black that blank Sabbath. I'm not, I'm not sure there was a more hedonistic time in music than the '70s. Yeah, yeah. But I I think that that I keep on saying goalposting, but I don't know how else to explain it. That that perspective of nowadays, I wouldn't see a Black Sabbath as offensive at all. No, I, they're not really pushing any boundaries, but contextually, they were pushing some boundaries. Like those first couple albums, but the they, first. Four albums in particular. They definitely were purposefully doing things to oh, just yeah. see how far of an edge they could get to. And then, you know, the 80s kind of reacted to that by going like, well, I don't know what we're going to do, but all right. It's going <laughs> to suck. Like, and there wasn't that much, like, I can't really think of outside of the punk movement, there being any kind of, like, taboo things in music. And by the 80s, people were listening to Black Sabbath with their six-year-olds because, oh, it's just Black Sabbath. It's fine. It's fine. Then they were scared of Slayer. Yeah, but like, that's... But now they sell Slayer onesies for infants. Yeah, you but You can that's... buy Slayer condoms. 
Yeah. And so you, you don't have to buy a Slayer onesie <laughs> in nine months. And then you have the 90s and 2000s where you have really that, romantic like, date. that shock rock and you have, in a way, people were kind of scared of like gangster rap because it was talking about like killing people and selling drugs. And, yeah. Like, but it was doing it violence. honestly. It wasn't... No, no, exactly. They weren't doing it to be shocking. They were doing it because that was their fucking reality. Um, but now we're getting into this point where... <clears throat> Where people have that mantra of like, well, what can we do to like shock people if we've already been accepted to this? We're eventually going to hit that point where people start doing more Gigi Allen shit again, just yeah, because it's, it's edgy. It's going to happen. Like it, yeah. it, it's inevitable. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, right now there's right now there's some thirteen year olds who's seeing his first Gigi bootleg and he's like, oh, yeah, and oh. he's he's already buying diapers and, and he's, he's already, he's already looking it. for mom's turkey baster. <laughs> I mean, so that kind of stuff like thrives in the noise community. Um, that's the thing, though. Nowadays, there's a niche for everyone. You yeah. don't have to. Uh, yeah, you can shock have the a, world. Yeah, you can have your own tiny, teeny tiny little community of people who just like whatever you're doing. Yeah, and I definitely agree. But I think that that expands onto like the the bigger thing we're talking about with like this weird connection between this black genre, which sprouted out of urban communities, trying to just trying as hard as they could to hold on to a culture which was wholly theirs and the punk movement which was just trying to distance themselves from what they thought was the death of their favorite music. But they were also both genres that were born out of a certain amount of necessity and... True. Um, they were both very like, poor I mean, genres punk, as well. Punk was mostly started by guys who wanted to be in bands but just didn't want to put in the effort of practicing 14, 15 hours a day to be able to Shred yeah. a dumb solo. I mean, some of them. And they hip -hop, were Hip-hop was largely born out of the fact that a couple turntables and a microphone is a hell of a lot cheaper than getting your hands on, like, guitars and bass and a drum yeah. kit and putting a band together. Yeah. Like, you can just get that shit cheap. No, I, I definitely it. agree with that. I just think that it's... I mean, both of them were definitely born out of a necessity of finances. I mean, part of why bands like that couldn't really come together to record all the time and <clears throat> practice all the time is because they all fucking worked. Like... Or they were homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they're selling all they're they're spending all their money on heroin. Yeah. But in heroin, yeah, but, that's, yeah. that's not cheap over there in, in in Thatcher's in Thatcher's England. But honestly, I it's just interesting for me to think about so much of the overlap and how, you know, both of their quote unquote dark ages are about the same years, just a, like off by one or the other. Uh punk didn't really start. What to was die. popular during that time period? The, mostly, two, the 2000s? Mostly the same bullshit that's always popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that in the early 2000s, that's like... Because the genres had actually developed into being genres and not just small movements. They were they were defined, is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of evolved into this very commercialized thing, like you said. But, I mean, 50 Cent was huge in yeah, the 2000s. Yeah, I think of 50 Cent and Good Charlotte. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, those are I the would, ambassadors. I would also say the Green Day. Like, <laughs> yeah, really Green Day huge. might have been like... Oh, yeah, because yeah, American cause Idiot, like, came out 2006 this. that came out? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, that was, that was Green, huge. Green Day is a little... I thought American Idiot was, like, 2005. Maybe. 2005, 2006, something. It was yeah. definitely after... I was in high school. Because you also have to remember, like, Panic's first album was 2005. Yep, I like, remember Fall when it came Boy's out. Boy's first album was 2003. I wish I didn't remember that but I managed to avoid all that shit because I was out of high school by then. Yeah, but that's no. I, I yeah. would say that if it wasn't for high school, it was, was like DJing. that that aspect of pop that evolved into those high schoolers growing up. And yeah, they have an, like I still have a nostalgic attachment to Panic at the Disco and a little bit to Fall Out Boy, I but not Panic. as much. Um, I still have an attachment to a lot of those musicians, which would be considered bad punk music because it's all pop <laughs> bullshit. 
And but I also have to say, if it wasn't for getting at the disco and my and Manson, I wouldn't have looked for harder things and I wouldn't have gone into Black Flag. Like I wouldn't have. If I didn't have those pop icons that became idols really in like my high school years of like edgy people that had like harsh music talking about all these weird things, I wouldn't have gotten into Law Dispute. I wouldn't have gotten into The Cure. I wouldn't have gotten into The Smiths. I wouldn't have gotten into all of these bands that I like. But at the same time, if it wasn't for me being a middle school kid listening to 50 Cent's album on my Xbox through headphones through my TV so my mom didn't find out, it I probably wouldn't have gotten into Tupac. I wouldn't have gotten into uh, Kendrick Lamar. I wouldn't have gotten into a lot of these, like, uh, this, this deep, deep genre. I think that, like, one thing that I'm trying to do is not take my own, you know, my feelings on certain things are not universalized. I can't think because I like certain things that it should all be like this. Because at the end of the day, there are over 200 million people in this country and everyone has different tastes. So there is going to be music that I hate that somebody loves. And that music absolutely should exist. Yeah, but should it be the majority of things played on the radio? But the thing is, but you have, we have so many radio. options beyond the radio now. There's like, I don't know a lot of people that listen to the radio. I like up until I had to, I never listened to the radio. If, I had yeah. If we have the radio on, it's WMNF or nothing. Yeah, like but, I generally like. There's certain sometimes I turn on the radio like, oh, this is an interesting but song. What if I every station before, was like WMNF? It used to be. I know. I know. Early nineties. I I remember when. I remember when the shift happened and you went from like every radio station being its own independent thing with its own independent DJs who made their own playlists to everything sounding exactly the same to the point where you could be listening to the same song on four stations at the exact same time. The most popular And it was stations. every every 90 minutes it was the same same, same 90 minute song loops and you could just you knew like the if most you wanted to hear a song you wanted to turn it on. Like we were at work when I worked for the city we'd be like listen to um We'd listen to like we'd have music playing in the background while we we're working. Like we do a beach event, we do a setup, and you just hear the same. Like didn't we just hear that? And it's not even like it's not even long enough for you to forget that you heard it before it's playing again. I'm yeah. like, what the? Well, and it's the most popular. There's station. so much music that there should never be a need for like it's a no repeat work day. You're not going to hear the same song twice for eight hours. Like that should be a given. <laughs> There's no but, reason to play the same song twice more than once a day. There's a lot of people that like the same music. Like, they, they don't mind listening to the same song. I'm, like, I don't know a lot of those people, but they're I, I'm guessing they're out there because I mean, the radio station's format would have changed, I assume. That's also a big reason why I would say Pandora and Spotify kind of took off as they did. Out of that necessity of, like, I want to listen to this band, and I want to listen to bands that sound like this, and only that. Or artists or whatever I mean and you can go on Spotify and set up a radio station and yeah. do that for 10 hours and not hear the same song twice yeah and that's yeah. one of the I reasons why I like Pandora when I first discovered Pandora is that I discovered bands that I'd never heard before and they sounded similar to my musical taste and I'm like not like that's how I discovered Minus the Bear and it's like my favorite band ever now yeah. I do that all the time I'll, I'll start a band I feel like listening to I don't have Pandora but I use Spotify and I'll just be like a good related artist. I'm like, yeah, oh, that looks cool. Mm. Listen to a couple songs. Yep. Go to the related artists from there. You go down the rabbit hole of discovering yeah, music. Four See. or five hours later, you're at something completely different where you started. 
but it's cool. I think there's probably more good music now than there's ever been. It's just not as easy to get your hands on it or know where to look for it. Well, I think because it's like things there's like more Spotify. To filter through. Well, there's Spotify there's and Pandora that are available. So like, if you, I, that's why I don't really listen to the radio because I feel like the radio is gonna play the same music over and over again. But if I go to something like Pandora, that's where like other bands that I would, especially like foreign bands, like, you know, bands from different countries I never heard of, like, that's a really freaking great band that I've ever discovered before. So I think that... You could move to Canada. They required... could. They require, what is it, 25% of all... 30. 30. 30% of all music that's played on Canadian radio stations has to be from Canadian artists. By law. By law, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's rap, doesn't matter no. if it's... Yeah, there's a lot of Drake. They probably play yeah, probably a lot there's of Drake. Because technically, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't actually been in that goddamn city in about a decade, and all of his he has like three houses in the U.S. But yeah. he needs to go back to Degrassi. He's Canadian. Just stay there. <laughs> can has he can, can he just like show up in Degrassi as like a music teacher? Can we, <laughs> can we force him? Wheelchair to do that? and all. I'm really yes. surprised he hasn't. Honestly. I mean, I, I, I feel like he's be been trying to do jokes. The thing is, I think he's trying to distance himself from I mean, that whole like whole persona. Yeah, he it's doesn't been... call himself Aubrey anymore. Yeah, but because <laughs> that's his name. You also have to remember, like, he kind of wants to distance himself from a lot of things and consider himself more like a rapper. And there have been some rappers that have tried to do the whole like, I'm gonna rap and then I'm also going to do. I'm gonna act too, and then immediately the second that they do that, oh, you're trying to be, you're trying to be Tupac, you're trying to be Tupac, Tupac did that, you're trying to be Tupac. It's like, no, he's just trying to act. It doesn't make him like Tupac. If he gets the juicy fade, you can look at his goddamn face and say you're trying to be Tupac. But until that happens, he's not trying to be Tupac. He's just trying to act. Like, and I think it's been long enough since Tupac that trying to tell, say, anyone's trying to be Tupac is just silly. I don't yeah. think. I, I can't think of anyone right off the top of my head that's like no, no. It's it's different. The 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 the, the culture and style, even the, the the way the beats are set up now, is are so different than they used to be back in the day. And I will say one of the best things I've discovered in the past two days has been, quote unquote, the damn chronic. Yes, I it's, posted that and I listened to it. It was it's amazing. Fantastic. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It is a bunch of raps from Kendrick and a bunch of production work from Dre just thrown together and it works so well <laughs> I, so I kind of have to call bullshit on that just because like he like there's stuff that Dre made in the late 80s early 90s that mashes so well with the flow not even because Kendrick just happens to also be from Compton because again 20 year difference between these beats and these rhymes but like it works so well that you can definitely see that, like, the beats might sonically be different, but the structure is still there. Well, it's that still... where Dre was just so ahead of his time, he just but wrote then you beats gotta think about it. Most, Dre, most Dre is music... one of the best producers that we've had in the last like forty years. Most of the best, so yeah, music has an underlying structure. Yeah, to it's it. all pop music. So, so like, to, at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do within that structure. It's always gonna have, like, you know, like, I'm not a musician, but I feel like... Unless you start getting into, like, straight-up noise music. Yeah, there's only so much you can do within the structure. So, yes, it's gonna have a thread. No, I don't disagree with that. But, like, the the way that either he's... I mean, the the DJ is absolutely brilliant just for what he did because of how good it is. Yeah, put together. I guess what I mean is, like, not, oh, this works... What I mean is, if I closed my eyes and forgot... Like, there's a couple of Kendrick songs that are from, like, 
Section 80 and from um, his mixtape that I'm just not familiar with. I've listened to them, but I listened to them so long ago. That you were transposed where you thought it was a new creation it independent like, it of its passed. previous yeah, yeah It could have passed as... Which oh. is a mark of something truly great. Yeah. If it, if you're like, oh, here's what? the thing that like I, I, and once again, I'm not a musician, but I think that looking at the way that certain things fit together, there are songs that have taken completely different things and put it in a different song in a different genre, and it works. Oh yeah, yeah. So I feel like the underlying structure of music lends to that kind of blend. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that it's so well that it could have that could have been the intention of both. Okay, music, I see, is okay, what I, I see mean. what you're saying. Not just it works really well mm-hmm. because if. Like that could have been. It, it works built. so well; it, it doesn't feel it, like it doesn't feel forced. Because I used yeah. to try to do mashups when I was like into music, and I would like find songs that I'm like, this sounds like kind of sonically, and I try to do like weird little mashups of different things, just like using Fruity Loops, and I like got okay at it, mm-hmm. but I never really got deep into it. And it would work, and it would sound pretty good. I just needed to work on like my editing and like actually getting and into realized, how to that's how you can tell that you are are you a visual learner because I would just look at the pattern and I was like man that looks like it fits <laughs> well, if it works. I matched a lot of stuff together and a lot of it didn't work but some of it that did work you're right there's an underlining thread but like there are some mashups that I have listened to where legitimately my brain just goes I have to remind myself oh this isn't the original intention of this piece mm, okay like uh, I mean, Dre is kind of a perfect example of that because that was how he made beats for the longest time. He just took samples from his record collection from what his mom had left over from all the funk albums she would play when she'd be cleaning the house and yelling at him to go get a fucking job. And Could would, become a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Could become a fucking millionaire. Go to school, you piece of shit. But he loves his mom. That was good. But Make really expensive overpriced headphones that aren't that great. Well, well, I mean, he, he lays them he down make with them, lead, so they feel heavy at least. Look, <laughs> look, he licensed them. He didn't make them. Here's the thing that it comes when it comes down to like certain things like that. It's just one of the reasons why it sells. It's not necessarily because it's good, like audio quality. It's because they freaking market it as a fashion accessory. They market it as something that looks. Cool. You see the look, and you're like, "Oh, those are these." So you can look like a hip hopper too, basically. And yeah. I and I think that people underestimate how much that sells. I'll stick okay. with my Sennheisers and my Audio Technicas. I'm good. Most people can't tell the difference. There's a, a few people in the population that actually can hear the difference. The majority of people can't. So well, you're basically like asking them to design for a small subcategory of people. Actually, I can explain to you why that's not true. Beats specifically, like why beats sound like beats, is because they have an equalizer in their soundboard. They increase the bass. Not entirely. They they do increase the bass, but what they also do is they lower the mid range slightly, and then they raise the treble up just enough that it's juxtaposed with the bass, but the mids are still like cut out, so it's not flat. It's like a semi scoop. Yeah. So they do that though because that's the interesting parts of the music. Your brain doesn't really think of the mids in most music. And that's also so, the way that like like most forms of audio format do is they cut out the highs and the lows, and they just kind of give you a weird like a different yeah. audio format. So you're I, you're getting not great quality in <laughs> to get. No, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Out. But what I'm saying is they're designed so that you sound you you hear a difference mm-hmm. specifically because when you're listening to a Drake song you're going to hear 
the low end, which is going to be his rapping, mm-hmm. or the, the low end, which is the beats, and you're going to hear the treble, which is going to be him, his vocals, and they're going to sound really good, and you're going to not realize that there's supposed to be a violin right there. There is. It's there. <laughs> but you can't hear it clearly because the bass is too high and the treble is adjusted to juxtapose the mids. So, technically, you have to hear a difference or else your brain's broken. Alrighty then. It, it, they're, they're, they're designed specifically <laughs> well, to make your brain. What I was saying is that there's a, like, when my brother was going to school for audio and stuff like that, like, there is certain, there's a lot of, I don't know how much of the population, but they ju- like because he'd be recording something in the house and he'd have to go around and tweak so I, I would be listening and I can't hear crap you know he listens for different things than I do and he yeah, hears I, different things than I do it really helps if you have done any playing any kind of music even a little like yeah, the, the nuance yeah, that sure. you find is I, I got just really into like high quality audio for a minute so I trained my ear. Like, it, it's bullshit whenever I hear somebody say, "Oh, I can, I can definitely hear the difference between a an uncompressed MP3 that's at like let's say 540 kilohertz um, compared to a FLAC file at like 10,000." Like, I could probably do an okay job of like, this is what it is. This is the higher quality one. If I was wearing the same, if I was wearing good enough headphones, but if I was just wearing earbuds, I probably couldn't actually tell once, you. Once you get below 192, you can start to hear degradation. God damn. I, <laughs> That's fast. I, see, what sucks for me is anything below uh, 320. 320. I, I can hear... Well, if you've there's got there's this things. goddamn static that is just in my brain whenever I listen to it. And I, I don't realize what it is until I like look into the audio file and it's like, oh, you're at... You're at 26 kilohertz. Yeah, I, I remember when we were first started downloading music back in the late 90s and bandwidth was an issue. Whew, shit would be at like 64, 64K wow. and it, it was rough. I'd have to have, it a, sounded bad. I'd have to put tampons in my ears after because of all the blood. But I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> tampons in my ears. Yeah, ears all right. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. Hey guys, well, um... I'm Adam. I'm Zach. And I'm Steve. And I'm, and I'm Kason. Yay. Thanks, Steve, for coming by. Go check out Milo and the Hellfire Call. I did my Google.